Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. Two weeks ago when pastors started this this series, uh, the first part of it was just the basics. What is faith? And we obviously know Hebrews 11.1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that word substance is, you know, it's kind of elusive sometimes, but, you know, it's sub and stance. Sub, it's like submarine or, uh, you know, it's something that's underneath or like submit. You know, you're submitted to God. You're submitted to authority, submitted to your boss. You're underneath that boss. And then stance is simply, simply standing, right? So, so substance there can be that, that we are simply standing on the substance, right? The, the word of God. Now faith is the substance that we stand on. It's real. It's something solid. It's not, it's not make-believe, amen? It's the word of God, and that's what we put our faith and trust in. That's what we stand on. We stand on the word, amen? And then Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 8 through 10, he talked about, about how faith operates, and it, and it says this, but, but what does it say? And what does what say? Well, it's talking about faith's way of getting right with God. So what does that say? How, how do we get right with God? It says the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's in two places, amen? It's found in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Amen? For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In verse 13, it says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's good news. Amen? That's how faith works. It's found in our heart and in our mouth, and it's got to be in both places. You can't just think faith and and, and just believe faith. Again, it's got to be spoken out of your mouth. That's what activates Faith. So that's what he talked about two weeks ago. Last Sunday, he, he talked about right standing with God. Say, I have right standing with God. And he hammered that home and he drilled it in. In Romans chapter 3, verse 22, it, it says this, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. You've just got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, amen. So why was it so important that, that, that he, he spent a whole service talking about our right standing with God? It's, it's super important. Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So we need to have boldness. We need to have confidence as we come into the presence of God, amen? We've got this holy God that's, that's all-powerful, all-knowing. He does know the end from the beginning. He's not surprised by anything. And again, a lot of times we can come into his presence knowing our, our, our faults and our fa- failures and our frailties, the things that we think about ourselves. And it's daunting to know. But again, we know that we have confidence, not on our righteousness, but we are the righteousness of God. What? In Christ Jesus, amen? It's through the blood of Jesus, that the veil was torn and we all have access to God, the Father, through his son, Jesus Christ. Amen? We're singing that song and it reminded me of, of drawing near to God. 
and we're doing that, that Bible study, you know, John Bevere's drawing near to God, and I just can't encourage you enough to get out there and get involved with that. Yes, it's about connecting, but I'm telling you, when you watch those videos and the discussions that we have from there, it, it, just, it just builds your faith. It, it, it just puts you in an attitude of, of, of all day long waking up grateful to God and just drawing near to him because I'm telling you, you know, all this other stuff, if you're not drawing near and spending time with God, you're not going to have confidence in him. You're not going to have the faith to do what God has called you to do, amen? You're not going to be able to, to withstand the storms of life. So again, get yourself involved in that, amen? It's been a great time and, and just great content. So the spirit of faith, turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The spirit of faith. I tell you what, I'm excited to share about this this morning. There is something about the spirit of faith. Amen. It says this in 2 Corinthians 4.13. And it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke, we also believe, and therefore speak. Remember, pastor taught us, where's faith found? In our heart and in our mouth. And what's What's Paul talking about here? He's, he's repeating Psalm 116.10, which when you go back there, David is, is at a time where, where he's near death. And he's got trials and tribulations. He's got storms in his life. But, but what does he say? He said, he said I, I, I believed and therefore I speak. And Paul's saying the same thing. I mean, Paul's been, been shipwrecked how many times? He's been stoned, left for dead. He's had a snake bite. I mean, that's enough right there, amen? But what did he say? I believe and therefore I speak, because David believed, and he spoke, and I do the same thing. I have the same type of faith that David had. Amen? And that's the spirit of faith. First John 5, 4 says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So no matter what's going on in the world, we can overcome the world, no matter what, and it's by faith. Amen? Hebrews 11, the hall of faith, it's, you know, by faith, Moses. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Noah. By faith, you. That's how you overcome. By what you put in your heart and what you speak out of your mouth. So how do we have that victory? It's faith in God. It's by faith. Amen? So the spirit of faith, here's what you're going to learn today. First of all, what the spirit of faith actually is. And I'm going to give you some biblical examples of the spirit of faith. And then most importantly, how do you get it? How do you get a spirit of faith. Well, Mark Hankins said this. I've been reading his book on the spirit of faith, and I'm telling you, it's powerful. He said this, the, the principles of faith or the mechanics of faith, they're taught, but the spirit of faith is caught. We always say, if you're teachable, you're reachable, right? I, I, you know, in business, I'd say, man, you could come to five to 10 Saturday trainings, but if I got you in the car one time and we went out and we did an appointment together, I'll tell you what, you'll catch it a lot easier than I can teach it to you. Amen? It's, it's learned by doing. Faith and corresponding action. It's, it's learned by doing. And again, you know, the steps of faith, they will not work without having the spirit of faith. It's just mechanics otherwise. It's just formulaic. And if, if there's no faith behind it, it's just empty words. And that's where it comes to, to having a spirit of faith. And my prayer is this morning that by the end of this, you've caught it. And I know most of you have it already but we'll take it up to a higher level. But before we get into the spirit of faith, let's look at the steps of faith. What are the mechanics of faith? How does faith actually operate? You know, I think of the woman with the issue of blood and, and, and she struggled for 12 years. 12 years, you think about that. She had spent everything she had on doctors and yet her situation grew worse. 
And there's times in our lives that it's like that. Like we've done all we know to do in the natural, but yet things seem like they're going to get worse. But praise God, the first step of faith is that, that you hear it. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, she had that infirmity for 12 years, but she heard that Jesus was healing people, that, that he was setting people free, that he was raising people from the dead, that he was cleansing lepers. And she, she heard that word. She heard about the living word, about Jesus Christ. She first heard it. And then faith started to rise up and, and, and she spoke it out, which we, we talked about in Romans 10, 8, right? It's in our heart. And in our mouth, so, so faith began to rise up into her heart, and she said to herself, man, I'm wondering, this Jesus, I've been struggling for 12 years, but I'm wondering if, if you know, he, he can raise the dead and, and cleanse the lepers and turn water into wine, I'm, I'm wondering if I could get healed. And it started to create hope within her that, that her situation could change. So again, she, she heard it, and then she began to speak it. And then the third thing, she, she acted on it. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. So she not only heard about Jesus and, and said, man, I think that he can heal me. She acted on it. She went out and, and she was declared unclean and, and she would have got stoned if she would have got found out. But she worked her way through the crowd because she said within herself, if I can just touch his hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And that is faith, amen? And that leads us to the fourth point. She heard it, she spoke it, she acted on it, and fourth, she received it. Luke chapter 11, verse 9, it says, it says this, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given unto you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened. Everyone, everyone, everyone that asks will receive. And she received from God, amen? But she followed those steps. And finally, she told it. Jesus said, virtue has come out of me. And his disciples are like, man, there's, there's hundreds of people around you. I mean, we don't know who touched you. And then she came and she fell at her knees and, and she told Jesus everything that happened to her. See, we need to testify more often about what happens to us. We need to testify about the miracles that, that happen at church. You testify in your workplace. Just doesn't have to be goofy or corny. It's just, it's just bringing up conversation of, of what happened at church. You know, what happened when you're out evangelizing with people? What happened at small group? All of those different things, it's, it's testifying of those things, amen? We testify of the goodness of God and, 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 and because again, he's still, he's still doing miracles. He's still healing people. He's still delivering people, amen? He's still restoring mar- marriages. He is in the miracle working business, amen? So how do you catch this spirit of faith? Simply by hanging around other people that have it. It's like catching a cold. You hang around, you let them sneeze on you and, and, and cough on you a little bit, and you'll end up catching it, amen? It's contagious, and that's how you catch it. You see, Abraham, he, he, he gave it to Isaac, and Isaac, he gave it to Jacob. Joshua caught it from Moses, amen? David's 400 soldiers, when, when they came to him, they were not mighty men of God. They, it says they were distressed, discontented, and in debt, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here this morning, but I'm, I'm hoping that you're not distressed, discontented, and in debt here this morning. But as they spent time around King David, guess what happened? They turned into mighty men of God because David had a spirit of faith. He slayed the lion. He slayed the bear. He cut Goliath's head off. He killed 10,000 Philistines. That's a spirit of faith. Amen? He charged. He didn't pull back. Amen? The disciples caught the spirit of faith from who? Jesus, the man himself, our Savior, Jesus Christ, amen? And finally, Timothy caught it from Paul. 
Paul, that had all those tribulations, all those trials. And Jesus even said, in the world you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And it's by faith, amen? By faith and trust in Jesus Christ and and putting your faith in this word, amen? So that's my prayer here this morning is that you catch the spirit of faith. So what is the spirit of faith? Well, it's easier probably to look at what it's, what it's not and, and, and tell you what it isn't. Now, the spirit of faith does not whine. It does not complain. It, it's not a victim. It doesn't have a pity party. It, it doesn't sound like worry or, or doubt or fear or any of that stuff. The spirit of faith does not meditate on a negative report. Amen? It doesn't focus on the storm. It doesn't deny it, but it doesn't focus on it, amen? It's not moved by what it sees. It's not moved by what it, what it feels like. It's moved by the word of God, amen? So what is the spirit of faith? It's an attitude. It's a belief system. It's a confidence. When you walk in the room, the atmosphere should change. You, you got your chest out, your shoulders back, your head up. Because you know the living God, amen? The miracle worker. That is a spirit of faith. It's not arrogance, but to weak people, it's going to seem like arrogance. It's confidence. It's, it's Godfidence. Confidence in God. Amen? Because you know who you are, you know whose you are, and you stand on that and you walk in that. That's the spirit of faith. Amen? Because, see, here's the deal. The spirit of faith, it never backs up. It takes, it takes territory always. It, it, it moves mountains. It opens up blind eyes. It opens up deaf ears. Amen? It heals, it, it delivers, it, it gets people saved, it casts out demons. It, it, the spirit of faith will make a poor person rich, amen? It'll restore your marriage. It'll, it'll go out and it'll bring a wayward child back to God. That's the spirit of faith. It never retreats. It never surrenders. It's like a rhino. A rhino doesn't have reverse. It can only move forward, amen? And that's the spirit of faith. And finally, it changes people's lives. That's the spirit of faith. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith, again, is not a formula. It's a fire in the spirit of man. It's a fire in your belly. Amen. Mark 9, 23 said, Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Say, I believe. believe. Say it again. I believe. Amen. You're a believer here this morning. That means you've got that spirit of faith. You're not backing up. You're not moved by your circumstances. Doesn't matter what's going on around you. It only matters what the Word of God says, and that's what you lock into, that bulldog faith, amen? It's a spirit of faith, amen? You know, I'm reminded, I, I think about Isaac and Chelsea over here. You know, they, they had a, a dream always to open up a, a hair salon, and, and you know, the, the spirit of fear would say, you know, the economy's not going very good, the interest rates are higher than ever. That's the spirit of fear, we don't know how we're going to go out here and do this and, and, and all this stuff. I, I don't know how we're going to find any good staff. But they, they by faith, stepped out and they're opening up a Sports Clips uh, franchise here in a month or two. And they have the spirit of faith. They're saying this, God is my source. I don't care what it looks like. We heard from God and we're moving forward. He's the one who gave us this idea. He opened up this opportunity. And God, they're asking you just to bring one godly manager in that can set the tone, set the culture for the whole place, amen? It doesn't need to be drama like other hair salons. This can be a spirit of faith-filled place where when people come in, get their hair cut, they leave another way, amen? We had that at the gym. You can create that. It's not normal in culture, but who cares about normal? We care about the word of, what the Word of God says, amen? That's a spirit of faith. They call in the clients from the north, south, east, and west. 
They declare that money flows to them easily and effortlessly. Amen? Hallelujah. They're money magnets. And they're going to finance the kingdom of God through that business. Amen? They stepped out in faith. That's a spirit of faith. In Mark Hankin's book, he talks about three types of people. He talks about a pioneer, a settler, and a museum keeper. First person, a museum keeper. That's the, the type of person that they're always uh, keeping and, and holding on to the past. They're content with dusting off the memories of what happened. You know, way back when, when God did this, and way back when, when God did that. It's, it's great to be like David and remember that he slayed the lion and the bear. But what's God doing today? Faith is now. Now faith is. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but now faith. What's God doing in your life right now? Amen? Say, I'm not a museum keeper. I know you're not. You're not always sitting around talking about what you did in high school and the good old days and all that. And then you've got settlers. Settlers are content to stay in their comfort zone. You see, the spirit of faith might, might have raised them up to a, a certain level, but then they said, man, I'm good right here. You know, God's providing all my needs. I've got just enough for us four and no more, and I'm good right here. They've settled. Amen? So you're not a museum keeper anymore, but, but you've got comfortable. Contentment's a good thing as long as it doesn't lead you to complacency. We should be content with what we have as we have a spirit of faith, believing God for more, amen, as we grow and expand and increase. And then finally, we've got the pioneers. Pioneers are, are constantly pressing forward and constantly taking new territory, amen? This is where the action's at. They want to be right in the middle of it. Amen. Pastor Vicky always says that, that God, don't do anything in the land without including me. Amen. I think about pastors 43 years ago coming to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, knew a, a couple families, and they got a word from God, go to Sioux Falls and build a supernatural church. Amen. That is a pioneer. They go and they plant a flag when there's nobody else doing what they're doing around here. Amen. It's taking territory. It's taking ground. It's, it's moving forward and not backing up. Again, the spirit of faith is not a formula. It's a fire in the spirit of man. Amen? Turn in your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. Well-known story in the Bible about the, the 12 spies that, that get sent out here. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, it says, The Lord now said to Moses... So this is the Lord speaking. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. So the word went forth, right? Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So it says God is giving them the land. He spoke it. So it's done. How do they always say it? The word of God says it and that settles it. You know, a lot of people say the word of God says it, I believe it and that settles it. No, it, whether you believe it or not, it settles it. It's how it, he's spoken it, amen? And he, he talked about, you know, for the next probably 15 or 16 verses about each person from each tribe, all the ones that they sent out. So let's pick it up in verse 18. It says this, See what the land is like and find out whether the people living there are strong or weak, few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their, their towns have walls or are they unprotected like open camps? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops that you see. You see, Moses was sending them out. He, he already had the word. He said, you know what? God told us that we're going to go in and we're going to take the land. God has given us this land. But you know what? I want you to go out and I want you to spy out the land so you, you know, we can come back with a strategy. 
We know that we're going to have to take the land from whoever's inhabiting it. And, and so again, we need to get a strategy to be able to do that. What he wasn't asking them was, was their opinion on whether or not they thought that, that they could take the land because they already had God's word on it. Oral Roberts said this, when you get a word from the Lord, no longer confer with flesh and blood. That means you don't have to ask your neighbor, your friend, or anybody else. When you've heard from the Lord, do it. Amen? And that's where Moses was at. But of course, these 12 went out, and let's see what they came back with. Numbers chapter 13, let's go down to verse 25. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. So it's very curious here. All 12 spies went out together. That means all 12 of them saw the exact same thing. Very interesting, isn't it? 10 didn't see one thing and 2 didn't see another thing. All 12 saw the exact same thing. But we're going to find out that 2 had a spirit of faith and 10 had a spirit of fear. If you run the math, it's kind of the 80-20 principle. 80% were in fear, 20% were in faith. We've seen that in our nation not too long ago. The majority in fear and just a few crazy ones were in faith, but now not so crazy. Amen? Amen. Verse 27, it says, This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a beautiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Even here's the the kind of fruit it produces. But, and what do we know about the word but? It's a conjunction, right? It connects two thoughts. I know God told me to do this, but the economy. I know God told me to go out and do that, but it cancels out whatever was previously told. So again, they come in really conniving. They say, yeah, you know what? The land is the way that we thought it was. It's flowing with milk and honey. Matter of fact, here's these big grapes, but, but it says the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and and the towns are fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. That's fear speaking. Verse 30, it says, But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. He said, Let's go in at once to take the land. He said, We certainly can conquer it. Say, Spirit of faith. Caleb had a spirit of faith. And he was trying to override the spirit of fear that the rest of them were talking about. He, he recognized it. He heard them speaking out about, you know, how there were giants in there and all that. And he was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. No, don't listen to them. I'm telling you, we're well able to go in and possess the land. We certainly can conquer it. He's trying to get them into faith. But see, the majority rules. Eighty-some percent of them were in fear. So just like faith is contagious, so is fear. You can catch it. And that's why you got to be very careful who you hang around, what you listen to, what you give place to. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Get your nose in this book. It'll change things. It'll change that spirit. It'll it'll cleanse. It says the washing of the water of the word. You put faith in, it drives fear out. Old saying says, fear came knocking at the door. Faith went and answered, and there was nobody there. Because faith casts out fear. It dispels it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Verse 31, it says this. But the other men who had explored the land with him had disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. The King James actually says it's an evil 
report. You think about that. It's an evil report. When they go against God, it's an evil report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. Really? These ultimate, anyone who goes there is going to be destroyed. That's what they saw. All the people we saw were huge. All the people, really? Every single one of them were giants? I mean, that's what they saw. When we, when we even saw giants there, the descendants of Enoch, next to them, we felt like, we weren't, but we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Listen to the language. Is that faith or fear talking? It's a spirit of fear. It, it views things through the lens of fear of what it can't do rather than what it can do. I, I would imagine that because they were spying out the land, they didn't go up to the giant and say, hey, excuse me, Mr. Giant. Just hypothetical situation here. If we were to come in, you know, somebody like us, not us, but if we were to come in and, and we were to try to conquer your land, what would you do to us? And they're like, bonk, right? That didn't happen. It was all in their mind. The spirit of fear. False evidence appearing real. Fear is a spirit just like the spirit of faith, but they're opposing. Amen? Stay in faith. Amen? Because fear is contagious. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. Let's pick up the story. It says, then the whole community began weeping aloud. I mean, it's getting worse. And they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, museum keeper or settler. That's their mindset. They complained, again, complaining, fear. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and let's go back to Egypt. I want you to remember that. Because faith is found in your heart and in your mouth. And you will have what you say. When you look around at your life, it's just a product of what you've been saying. Amen? See, God had already told them, I'm going to give you the land. But they chose. I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He says, choose life. They chose fear over faith. They chose to, to look at the situation and the circumstances rather the, than the bigness of their God. Amen? And they saw their circumstances and these giants as bigger than God. And God called it an evil report. Amen? Numbers 14, verse 7, where we pick it up again, it says, They, meaning Joshua and Caleb, said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and the land we explored is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and he'll give it to us. It's a rich land flowing with milk and honey. He says, Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless. Pray to us. One group sees them as giants. Another group sees them as helpless. Pray. He said, they have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. He says it again. What was that prophecy? Do not fear, stay in faith. Do not fear, stay in faith. And he said it a third time. Do not fear, stay in faith. Do not be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Are you sure you want to be a pioneer? What's my family going to think? What are my friends going to think if I step out and I trust God? 
It really doesn't matter what they think. Because again, one word from God will change everything. I know when we started in business years ago, we had so many people running their mouths about why we couldn't do it and, and why we shouldn't do it and why all these things are just pyramid schemes and they never work and all that. But see, they didn't see what we saw. So it didn't matter what their opinion was. And a second point, I had no other options. There was no plan B for me. Many of you know my story as a convicted felon. I couldn't go out and get a regular job. I had to make it work. And so I put my faith and trust in God. I learned new skills. I kept persevering. I kept moving forward. And Melissa and I made it work. Amen? It's a spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a pioneer. Praise God, you've got a spirit of faith. Numbers 14, verse, verse 20, the next 10, 10 verses were really God, you know, judging the people and telling them what was going to happen to the ones that, that were in fear. And in verse 20, we pick it up. It says, the Lord said, I will pardon them as you have requested because Moses basically steps in. And he says, hey, don't kill them, God. Don't leave them to their own devices. They, they're, just, they're just people. They're just in fear. They don't know any better. He says, I'll pardon them as you have requested. But he says this, as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They got what they said. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I have performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. That's where the evil report comes from. They refuse to listen to God. Amen? They will never even see the land I swore to their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. Says it again. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude. Say spirit of faith. Caleb has a spirit of faith than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. Again, you had two that that looked at the land and looked at the giants, but they focused on the biggest of their God. Then you had the other 10 that didn't look to God. They focused on the bigness of what they were up against. Amen? When you're a pioneer, it's always going to seem like like things are bigger than what they are. But what do you do? You walk by faith and not by sight. You take one step and God takes a step. You draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Then you take another step, then another step, then another step. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen 10 steps, 20 steps, 30 steps down the road. Amen? It's just one step of faith. Trusting God. Amen? And you got to take the limits off of your thinking. Faith is not a a reasoning thing. It's not a a mindset thing. Faith is of the heart. I know Brother Hagin said, "The, the birds can fly overhead, but don't let them make a nest. That means you don't meditate on the things that are going on. You meditate on the Word of God, and the Word of God will change your surroundings. Amen. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen over time. Amen. Amen. So the spirit of faith that sees victory, even in when everything looks like defeat. Even at at 85, it's so cool because Joshua still had that spirit of faith. It it says this and uh, in the book of Joshua, it says, today I'm still as strong as when Moses sent me out. I can fight and I can do what I did back then. He didn't go, I'm 85, I better check the 401k. Better sit back in my rocker, make sure that my retirement's set up and 
and have it all easy peasy. No, he said, man, I'm as strong today as I was 40 years ago. I'm well able to go out and possess the land. That is the spirit of faith, amen? Nothing wrong with retiring, but retire into something. Don't just sit around and do nothing. That's a recipe for death. I'm telling you, you got to have a purpose. You got to have a reason for you to put your feet on the floor every day, amen? I go into my mom's assisted living and it's just, it's hard to watch. Because people have no purpose, they have no reason. All we talk about is the things that are going on from a daily basis. And it's tough, it's challenging, it's, it's tough when your body gives out. Amen? But again, nothing wrong with retiring, but retire into what God has called you to do. The goal is not to sit around and do nothing. It's to do what God has called you to do. It's selfish otherwise, really. You have years and years and years of wisdom that you can hand off to the next generations and you're, you're just holding all that in. Get in action. Get in gear. Doesn't mean you have to go out and start something new, amen? But, but again, you can, you can help out the younger generation, believe in them, seed into their lives, amen? And I'm telling you this, you hang around the younger generation of faith, that spirit of faith will get into you. Me being an SMTI with all these, these young believers, I'm telling you what, I come out every Monday night charged up, fired up, excited, I mean, ready to roll. It's awesome. It's awesome, amen? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, as we're, we're kind of drawn here to the end. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. says, remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Remember, Pastor Mike just got done with a, a series on the parable of the sword. What was it all about? The heart. They hardened their hearts. And in a hard heart, the seed cannot get into so he says, take heed. We need to learn from their mistakes. That's the best way to learn. Unfortunately, I didn't figure that out. I was so hard-headed, I had to go figure it out on my own. But finally, I'm learning from the mistakes of others. In verse 16, it says, and who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? So they all heard the voice of God, but 80-some percent chose to not believe it, and 20% did. Wasn't it the people of Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? It was an 11-day journey. And because of their fear, they stayed in there for 40 years. Because, see, God had to purge the mindset. He had to purge their spirit of fear, that belief system. He had to remove it from them so that they could go in and possess the land. Amen? And who made God angry 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter into his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Why didn't they come in? Because of unbelief, right? That's what kept them from it. They chose unbelief. Now there's two kinds of unbelief. The first kind is, is really easy to rectify. It's simply ignorance of the Word of God. And the solution is getting into the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. You know, you don't know what you don't know. I remember when I first came to church here, I didn't know who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was. I mean, I grew up in a denominational church, but I had never cracked the book in my life. So I had to learn. Amen? But God meets you where you're at. And so that's how you over, overcome ignorance of the Word. It's got everything, everything that, or, or, or excuse me, yeah, unbelief. 
That part of, of ignorance to the word is, again, by getting into the book and getting into the word. You need divine healing, it's in here. You need restoration in your family, it's in here. You need salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, financial increase, it's all in here. But you've got to get in there. You've got to deposit it in your heart. You've got to speak it. You've got to act on it. You've got to receive it, and then you've got to tell it. But you've got to have that spirit of faith, amen? The second kind of unbelief is a little bit more dangerous. It's, it's called educated unbelief. P- people with educated unbelief, they already know the word of God. They can quote the scriptures, but they know it up here, but they don't have it down in here. They're not teachable. They've already reasoned out why God isn't going to do what God said he was going to do. When they hear about miracles, they're always going, oh, what, what, was there a lawyer involved or, or some new medication? Or They've always got ways of trying to figure out why God didn't do what God did. The Bible said, come to him with the faith of a child. Love God, love people. It's so simple, but we make it complicated. Amen? They simply will not act on the word of God. It's an educated unbelief. They know what it says, but they refuse to actually believe it. They say they believe it, but your actions are what speak louder than words, right? Your action, your walk talks louder than your talk talks. What you believe is a result in what you're doing on a daily basis. You can see it in people's fruit in their lives. I've quoted it earlier. Even so, faith, if it has not corresponding action, it's dead being alone. So the steps of faith are we hear it, we speak it, we act on it, we receive it, and then we tell it. But we do it all with that spirit of faith. So no matter how tough of a situation you may be in here today, because again, Jesus said there will be tribulation, God can turn it around. I don't care how bad it looks. I've been in some some crazy situations. When I got arrested in November of 20. 2021, my attorney literally was crying. They were going to give me 15 years day for day down in Florida, 2,000 miles away from, from Melissa and, and my family. I always tell people, when you're so low, you got to look up to see the bottom. You realize that, that God's all you have, and then you really realize that God is all you need. And he saw us out of that. Went from 15 years down to seven, from seven down to three and a half, Got to come back to South Dakota to finish out my time. I mean, God moved in that situation. Built businesses. I mean, it's all preparation for where we're at today. But it's about being a pioneer. Not ready to sit down. Not ready to relax. Not ready to sit back and just enjoy how it is. This church needs to be filled to the rafters with multiple services. Why? Because it's about human beings. It's about souls. Your life has been changed here. Other people's lives, my life has been changed here. Amen. Amen? But we need to move forward in that. Amen? So again, I don't care what's going on in your life. God can turn it around. He wants us to take new territory. He wants to take us to where we've never been before. And it's scary because you don't know how it's all going to work out. But what was the prophecy? God knows the end from the beginning. He's there. He's got it all prepared. He's got it all planned out. But we've just got to hook up with him And we've got to take the action. We've got to take those steps of faith. And before you do any of that, I'm telling you, none of this matters unless you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. I want to read here what God has done for you. It says, but now God has shown 
us away to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. There it is. And his, this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. Don't matter, it doesn't matter what you've done or, or haven't done. It doesn't matter who you are. If you simply will place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross, what he did 2,000 years ago, salvation will come to you and your household. Amen? Amen. Finish out, it says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. So if there's anybody in here this morning that, that has never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, what does that even mean? It's, it's, it's the good news of the gospel. That Jesus Christ left heaven, came to earth as a man. He, he lived the life that we couldn't live. And he died the death that we should have died. He did it in our place. And it's a free gift. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. You can't work your way to God. That's what that's saying. It's like if I I hand you this Bible, you have to come up and you have to receive it. The gift is there. It said it. It's, It's for everyone, regardless of your background. And what does he want to do? He wants to restore your relationship back with God, with the the Heavenly Father. But it's only through Jesus Christ. It says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Here's the awesome thing. God demonstrated his love toward us in this while we were yet sinners, while you weren't even looking for him, while you were out partying, while you were out doing your own thing, Christ died for you. Amen? How do you get saved? We read it before. It says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.